Hey, welcome to River Ridge. Uh, my name is Matt, and I am glad that you're here this morning. Uh, each week, we're going to have uh, a reading of one of the Christmas stories or part of the Christmas story each Sunday in December, just to prepare our hearts both kind of visually and with the hearing of the Christmas story. Uh, but before we jump into Christmas, I want to talk a little bit about something really neat that happened this week uh, in the ministry of River Ridge. So many of you know that each week, um, we serve and love on the kids at the 2nd Avenue Center on the west side of Charleston through the 2nd Avenue Center. And so we've been doing homework buddies for a while where folks go and help them with their homework Monday through Thursday, provide meals on Mondays and Wednesdays, backpack blessings so they can eat over the weekend, uh, as well as help to um, refurbish that building. Uh, but we started a new thing this week, which I wanted to just share with you, is that we bought all the kids a Bible and a journal. And so every day when they leave school, Mary C. Snow, and come, they, get a, they pick up their journal and their uh, notebook, and we actually have a couple pictures of it here, is, uh, and then they write out their verse. Uh, and so that started on Monday. I was there on Thursday, and uh, it was just neat to see how we're not just serving these kids in terms of education and food and environment, but really helping them to experience who Jesus is. And so that's because of your generosity, because of our investment as a church into the kids on the west side, that gets to happen. So I just want to celebrate that with you. Uh, and then the other thing that's pretty cool is uh, we've had work teams there about every other weekend or so. Uh, and so here's a picture of the team that was here on Saturday. Uh, and so... Uh, just neat to see this building come alive. Uh, so that's the group that was there. You can see the before and after picture, although that is a little bit of a misnomer. That group didn't actually paint that wall, but the group that was there on Saturday did like caulking and trim work behind the scenes stuff that's not really picture worthy. So I put this picture so it looked like they did cool stuff, but it was really somebody else that did cool stuff. Um, but hey, if you want to be a part of what's going on on the West Side in any of those capacities, we'd love to have you be a part of that. Uh, just go to the Riverage website under Outreach, uh, drop down to the West Side Initiatives, and then you've got all the options and explanations there. So let us pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this opportunity that we have today to gather, to be together, to hear from you. And God, as we look into your word, I pray that you would teach us, that you would show us, that you would help us to understand how you want us to prepare for Christmas as it comes. In Jesus' name, amen. So it is, the series is titled Christmas is, Christmas is, and this week the title is Christmas is Coming, as you can tell. And so we're going to start with a game, all right? So I want everybody to stand up, and we're going to play this game together. Right? Everybody stand up, whether you want to or not, stand up, all right? So what we're going to do is we're going to see who is least prepared for Christmas, okay? Who's the most Scroogish among us? So the game is called Sit Down If, because I'm going to say Sit Down If, and if whatever I say applies to you, then you're going to sit down. See the creativity of that name, game? Okay, so sit down if you are finished with all of your Christmas shopping. Nobody. Oh, I got a couple people to sit down. Good job. All right. All right. Sit down if you are wearing something Christmassy this morning. Okay, it could be earrings, could be a shirt, could be boxers, whatever it is. If you're wearing something Christmassy, sit down. Okay, not too many people dressing Christmassy yet. All right, ready? Sit down if you have watched a Christmas movie already or TV show. And Die Hard counts, just so you know. Just so we're clear, Die Hard counts. Sit down if you've watched that this year. Okay, all right, we're thinning out the crowd here. Okay, now sit down if you have already put Christmas ornaments on your tree. Okay, sit down if you've already purchased your tree. Okay, 
All right, sit down if you have lawn ornaments and lights out on your uh, lawn. No? Whew, we are getting into the Scrooges here. All right. I'm running out of questions here, all right? Um, sit down if you have not purchased any Christmas presents at all. Okay? You have not purchased any Christmas presents? Well, then sit down. I think we have a winner. All right. Come on up, because so, I threw something last year, I got in trouble. All right? So for the least Christmassy person, we have a pumpkin. There we go. Congratulations. <laughs> All right. So Christmas traditions are fun. I need to give away a pumpkin every year at Christmas time. That's kind of fun. So, um, but you know, Christmas traditions are fun, and our family has lots of different Christmas traditions, as I'm guessing that your family does too. But one of the Christmas traditions that happened last year that didn't happen this year, and I think this Christmas tradition may be gone for a lifetime, but the Christmas tradition was this, is that we would buy our Christmas tree on Saturday morning uh, after Thanksgiving, and then we would bring it home, and then all the boys in the family would complain that they didn't want to trim the Christmas tree. Right? That happened in your family? Oh, do we have to? Right? There was that going on. And so they would strike a compromise with their mother. Uh, and so Stacy would say, you have to trim the, tr- trim the Christmas tree. And they're like, but there's really good football on on this day, right? Which you're a football fan, you know that there is. And so the compromise was they could watch football with the sound off so long as they stayed engaged with trimming the Christmas tree. So that tradition died last year, because this year, Will and Riley were in Texas for that particular day, visiting, uh, Riley was in Texas and Will went to visit him. At any rate, so there was no battle on that day of of trimming the Christmas tree. And so we may have actually started a new Christmas tradition of shipping the boys off to Texas while we (laughs) trim the Christmas tree in peace. So that's the new Santa family Christmas tradition. But you know, Christmas traditions um, are kind of fun, and you probably have some things that you're looking forward to. You know, what, what are you looking forward to this Christmas? Maybe you're looking forward to giving a gift or getting a gift. You know, I'm looking forward to getting a variable speed cordless drill. I'm so excited about this. The elves have been working on it up at the North Pole for me for a while. I used one about a month ago. I'm like, I got to have one of these. So I you know, put that on my Christmas list. You know, some of you are looking forward to family coming to town and being in town. So Stacy's mom and dad, they're coming for a week. I'm looking forward to a week together. Not two weeks, but a week is a good amount of time. Um, so, you know, there, there's that to look forward to. You know, on our calendar, there's a bunch of different Christmas parties that we're going to go to, and I look forward to going to pretty much all of those as well. Um, you know, and for some of you, you're looking, and when you think about Christmas and the season leading up to Christmas, you're like, I just want that Christmas feeling. I want whatever that means for you. I want to feel Christmassy this season. And you have some ideas about what that might look like. And for some of you, you may be looking forward to after Christmas. Like this season is just hard and difficult and you don't enjoy it. And you're like, it can't turn to New Year's quick enough for me. But we all kind of have these different expectations of Christmas. But in this series, Christmas is we're going to talk about this week that Christmas is coming. And the, the term in the Christian kind of culture in the Christian church is called Advent. Advent, all it means is preparing or coming. Christmas is coming in this Advent season. And so, 
You know, as you think about what are you looking forward to about Christmas, whether it's traditions or food or parties or family or whatever it is, whatever you look forward to, I want us to make sure that we don't miss Christmas, that we don't miss the Jesus of Christmas. That what I would hate to happen is that we do all these different things over the next 23, 24 days, and then it comes to the 26th and we look back and we go, I kind of missed Christmas. I missed the Jesus of Christmas. I was uh, watching Home Alone uh, recently, and there's a scene in Home Alone, if you've seen the movie, so Kevin gets left behind, uh, Christmas, or the day they leave, I think it's Christmas morning, he gets left behind, and there's a great scene where his mom and dad are on the airplane, and they're trying to figure, the mom is like, I feel like we forgot something. What did we forget? And she can't figure out what she forgot, and she's like, did I leave the stove on? And the husband says, no, I, I turned it off. Did I do this? Did I leave the garage door open? And they're like, yes, you left the garage door open. That's what must be what, uh, that's eh, easy for me not to say. That must be what it is. And then she finally realizes that she has forgotten Kevin. And she, so she screams, Kevin! You know, for like the first out of 10 times in the movie. But she realizes too late that she has forgotten Kevin. And that's the, you know, that's the plot of the movie. But I think about that in terms of Christmas that sometimes we can get to the 26th and we go, yeah, I went to a church service. I went to Christmas night of worship. I gave some presents. I got some presents. I stuffed some stockings. We went out for Chinese food, you know, whatever your traditions are. But I missed celebrating the birth of Christ. And so what I hope to do this morning is I want to help us to point our hearts and our heads towards the coming of Christ by looking at a passage of Scripture that I think will help us to do that. And we're going to look at a passage in the book of Isaiah, um, but this passage comes, we're going to look at this passage because it's something that, that John the Baptist said. Now, John the Baptist, if you're not familiar, he came before Jesus, before Jesus began his public ministry. John the Baptist had a kind of a, John the Baptist, it would be sort of his famous saying, and it was this, prepare the way of the Lord. Prepare the way of the Lord. And that's recorded in three out of the four Gospels as he says, prepare the way of the Lord. And so he's drawing this from the book of Isaiah. And so if you have your Bible, turn with me to the book of Isaiah. And this is Isaiah chapter 40. If you don't have a Bible, you can read it on the screen behind me. But I want us to answer this question of how do we have this intimacy with Christ? How do we have this um, kind of preparation for Christ? Because what I want us to do is to utilize this time to be as close to Christ as possible and not let all the stuff that's going on distract us from that, but instead let it focus us. So it says this in Isaiah chapter 40. I'll just read these three verses beginning in verse 3. It says, A voice cries in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. And the uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Now, what's going on here? This is written in about 700 B.C., 700 years before Jesus comes to earth. And it's a description of something that would happen at this time. So at this time, if there was a king that had rule over a certain land, 
when he would go and visit the cities and towns and little places in his kingdom, there would be a messenger that would go before him. And, you know, weeks or even months before and say, prepare the way of the king. Prepare the way of the king. And that was their way of saying, the king is coming to a visit to this particular city or this particular town. And so what they would do in preparation for the king is they would get the town ready. They would certainly clean it up. But the other thing that they would do is they would make sure that the road into the town was smooth, that the road into their town was travelable. And it says this, it, verse 3, it says, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. So it's saying what you want to do is they're going to build this highway or build this smooth road so that the king would be welcomed. And what John is saying, he's saying, prepare the way of the Lord. Prepare for the Lord, and we know it's the Lord Jesus, prepare for the Lord Jesus to come. And what they would do is they would knock down the hills and they would fill in the valleys so there was a smooth path into this town in 700 B.C. Now, how many of you, I'm going I'm to say how many, all of you have driven, more than likely, from Charleston to Beckley on the, uh, on the turnpike there. Now, I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but once you pass the first uh, toll booth, about a, a couple of miles after that, and before you get to the second toll booth, if you look back on the left, there's an abandoned tunnel. Has anybody ever seen the abandoned tunnel there? Okay, if you haven't, look for it. It's really pretty cool. But what it was is that tunnel used to be where 6477 went through that mountain. But it's a two-lane tunnel. It was slow. It was dangerous. As a matter of fact, they, they actually still practice rescue techniques in that tunnel. Uh, but it was slow and it was dangerous. And so what they did is they took the mountain that you now drive through. If you look, you drive through this kind of mountain pass, and they just shoved all the dirt out of the middle of this mountain, and they filled in the valley in front of it. So you drive off the, or kind of through the mountain and then into this valley, except you're driving really over the valley because the dirt is there. I share that because it says, and every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill will be made low. That's kind of a physical representation of building this highway. Now, when we talk about this, what this is saying is it's saying that the Lord is coming. So we're saying Christmas is coming. We want to prepare for the coming of Christmas, and really not just for the next you know, 23 days, but we want to do some things in our heart that will prepare our lives to live with Jesus, the intimacy with him for a lifetime, but it's prepare the way of the Lord. And so we're going to look at this passage, and we're going to see within this passage there's about three metaphors that we're going to draw out. They're going to help us to prepare our hearts for Christmas. Because again, this is about preparing our hearts for Christmas, prepare the way of the Lord. We want in this season to have an intimacy with Jesus that we can then take with us throughout all of our, you know, all of the year, all of the lifetime. It's not just let's get close to Jesus for 23 days and then forget him. But there's some things that we can put into practice through this. So we're going to look at verse 4 and see these three metaphors. The first one is this. It says, every valley shall be lifted up. Every valley shall be lifted up. When we think about valleys in our lives, valleys represent those low points in our lives. And the chances are that this morning that some of you, maybe not all of you, but some of you are going through a valley in your life. There's something that is difficult in your life this week, this time of year. You know, maybe for you it's a relational valley. That there's some stuff going on in your family that's just relational tension, that's just difficult to get along with people in your family. 
Maybe you're experiencing some relational valley with people that you work with, that you like the work, but it's just hard to go and be around those people for whatever reason. Or maybe it's people that you go to school with or people that you're on a, a sports team with, but there's people that you just have relational difficulties with in your relational valley. Maybe you're in a financial valley. You know, and this can happen a lot at this Christmas time when it's all about let's buy presents, let's get presents, and you already have some tension in your life, in your life about finances, and now it's just magnified because you feel like there's this obligation to provide a certain level of present, a certain type of present, and it creates this tension, this financial valley. You know, maybe you're in a job valley right now. You have a job that you don't really like that much, or maybe you like the job, but you don't like the people, or maybe you're looking for a job or you're not satisfied in your job, but you're in kind of a job valley and that's got you down. Or maybe you're in a health valley. You've had a diagnosis recently, or maybe somebody in your family's had a diagnosis, and it's just like, man, it is just weighing on you. It's got you down in the dumps. There's all kinds of valleys that we can go through, and some of them are very much magnified at Christmas time, at this Christmas season. But Isaiah says, every valley shall be lifted up. And so here's the first. I'm going to give you three invitations, is invite Jesus into my valleys, Invite Jesus into my valley. No matter what you're going through, invite him to come and minister to you and rescue you from that. Last week, uh, I did a, a message. Uh, we did a series called What's Your Problem? And last week, we talked about depression. So I don't want to go too much into this valley thing. I would encourage you, if you were not here last week, to listen to the message. This is going to sound a little bit weird, but it was a really good message. Um, and I just, it was just, it was a good message. I'll talk about that a little bit later. But, um, but I'd encourage you, if you are not here, to listen to that. If you feel like you're kind of in the doldrums and kind of in a funk where you know people who are there, to listen to that online and catch that message. We started singing a song here a number of months ago called Yes, I Will. And as soon as we started singing that, I downloaded it into my playlist. And it's part of my kind of weekly playlist that I listen to um, to kind of focus on God. And, uh, but I... I downloaded it and listened to it because there's this one line that overlaps with this idea of God meets us in the valley. It says this, yes, I will lift you high in the lowest valley. Yes, I will bless your name. Oh, yes, I will sing for joy when my heart is heavy all my days. Oh, yes, I will. And I love that expression, the idea that he comes and he meets us in the lowest of valleys, and he helps to take us out of there. And this, this idea that even though we're in the valley, even though the circumstances aren't what we would want, we can have joy in that when we invite Jesus into this valley with us. The next phrase in verse 4 says this, and every mountain and hill be made low. And so if the valleys are the difficult times in our lives, the mountain is a metaphor for pride in our lives. And so invite Jesus to knock down my mountains of pride. And so I'm going to talk through a couple of areas of pride that I think are common to a lot of us. And maybe these are things of pride that you're dealing with. And what we want to do is invite Jesus to be a part of that and to knock down these mountains of pride. Here's the first one. I think this is probably the biggest one for many of us. It's the pride mountain of I will do it my way or I want to do it my way. You know, God has laid out for us in the Bible, this is how to live life. He gives us commandments to live by. 
He gives us principles to live by. He gives us teachers and people in our lives that can help us and, and direct us. Jesus also said, I will send the Holy Spirit. And so we have the Holy Spirit in us. And we have all of these things that send us and help us move towards what God wants. But yet we choose our own way. We go, I don't think that way is going to work this time, God. I don't want to do it your way. I want to do it my way. And so we choose our way instead of God's way. And that's a mountain of pride that we want to invite Jesus to knock down. Here's another mountain of pride. It's the it's not my fault mountain or the sister peak of it's all your fault mountain, right? And that's, that's pride in our lives saying, well, the problem that I'm having here is it's not my fault. It's, it's those people. They didn't do what they're supposed to do. They didn't follow through. They didn't initiate. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't. Instead of looking and saying, I've got some issues in my life, Instead of being prideful and arrogant and say it's somebody else's problem, let's look inside and say, maybe I contributed to it. What did I do wrong? And we look first at ourselves as we invite Jesus to knock down that mountain of pride. Here's a third mountain. Of, uh, third mountain. It's the mountain of overvaluing myself. That sometimes we do this. We overvalue who we are and what we contribute. It may be to a sports team, it may be to a work team, it may be to your family dynamic, but sometimes we just, we value ourselves more than we are, and we need to invite Jesus to examine us with us and knock down that mountain. Here's another mountain of pride. It's the fourth one, and, and I, I, don't, I had a little bit of trouble coming up with a name for this, but it's the I'm a self-made man or I'm a self-made woman mountain. And, and here's what I mean by that. It's the type of pride that we have when things go right in our lives, and a lot of times things go right, whether it's financially or in our job or success, and things go right in our lives, and we begin thinking, man, I did it. I, you know, I did a great sermon. Woo, look at me. I'm under depression. Yeah, you know what I mean? But it's this idea of we do this great thing in our lives, but in fact, we, fra- we fail to recognize that all that we have, all that that's built on comes from God. All the good stuff that we're able to accomplish because we work hard and creative and all of that stuff comes from innate stuff that God has placed in us. And I think about this in terms of, I've been watching some football lately, and you know, you watch football players and what they do after something good happens. And there seems to be sort of two responses. Sometimes you get guys, you know, and they do something good, they score a touchdown, they make an interception, they get a sack, you know, and they, you know, point like this, or they point up, or they do, you know, make the sign of a cross or something like that illustrating, you know, a recognition of God. And then other times you get guys who celebrate, right? And they're like, you know, they do, they flex or they, you know, I'm Superman or I'm amazing. And they do, you know, those types of things that are like, look at me, look at me. And I look at those two different responses and, and I have no idea what's in people's hearts. I'm not, I'm not judging people's hearts one way or the other, but just by the outward expression, one type of person says, this is really about what God did and how God gifted me, and that's great. And the other is like, hey, this is about me and all that I've accomplished. And that's a form of pride. And I would encourage us and challenge us to look at that mountain of pride and say, how can that be knocked down? And we invite Jesus to knock down the mountains of pride in our lives. The final phrase comes from the last part of verse 4. It says, the uneven ground shall become level and the rough places a plane. Again, 
this goes back to this building of the highway, that when highways are crooked or highways are you know, uneven, that it would be smoothed out. And so we invite Jesus to smooth my rough edges. That's the metaphor we're going to take through this, that we invite Jesus to smooth out our rough edges. Now, if you don't know what your rough edges are, all you need to do is ask the person next to you, what are my rough edges? And they will be able to tell you, right? And if they say, you don't have any rough edges, then you just say, well, then your rough edge is that you lie too much, right? That's how you solve that one, right? All of us have rough edges. You don't have to do that now, but, um, you know, all of us have these rough edges. But, but again, remember what we're shooting for. I want us to keep our eye on, we want to prepare our hearts for Christmas. We want to gain greater intimacy with God. How does rubbing, rubbing our rough edges off, inviting Jesus to rub those off, how does that get us towards that end? Well, let me connect the dots a little bit. One of the things that uh, God says over and over in the Bible is the way that you will express your love for me is the way that you love one another. So when we love one another well, we are loving God. We're paving the way to our, in terms of our love for God. And when we have rough edges, those prevent us from loving people well. You know, whether it's crude humor, whether it's harsh words, whether it's a short fuse, whether it's not listening well to people, whether it's talking about people when they're not here, whether it's being miserly with our money, whether it's being fake, those are all rough edges, and those are all just in the Satan family, right? Whatever the rough edges we have, when we rub those rough edges off, when Jesus rubs those off, that allows us to love other people better. And that, in turn, is us demonstrating and loving God through the way that we love other people. And then it concludes this way in verse 5. It says, And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken." It says, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed. When we prepare the way of the Lord, inviting Jesus into our valleys, inviting Jesus to knock down the mountains of pride, inviting Jesus to rub off our rough edges, the glory of the Lord is revealed because we have this intimacy, this greater relationship with him. If we look at the Christmas story, Luke chapter 2, it says this, and this will probably sound familiar. It says, and an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. That the glory of the Lord shone around them. And we see here the glory of the Lord shining on us as we make way or prepare the way of the Lord. I want to close by giving three application points. And these are all very simple. Every one of us can do these three application points. And as you do these, these will lead us to think more about these three invitations. So the first one is this, is to have a family devotion time. And we've set something up so that everybody here can have a family devotion time, no matter what your family looks like. So we're going to check out this video that explains what it's about. Christmas is being with your family. Christmas is cookies. Christmas is opening presents. Christmas is candy canes. Christmas is cookies. Christmas is fun. Christmas is baking cookies with my family. 
Christmas said trees. Christmas is ho, 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 ho. Christmas is family. Christmas is elves. Christmas is cookies and milk. Christmas is Jesus' birth. Christmas is Papa Toy Toy. Christmas is all about home alone. Christmas it is family. Christmas is chocolate. Christmas is movies. Christmas is simple stone advent. So when we put this together probably a month or two ago and began thinking, we thought, man, this would be great for preschool kids and elementary kids. But as we looked at it, we're like, this is such a, a thing that will help everybody, no matter what your family is. So if you live by yourself, that's your family. If you've got high school kids, that's your family. If you have an empty nesser, you and your roommates, that's your family. Whatever you want to do, we have a bag for every person. And in this bag, you're going to find a couple of things. I'll show you a couple of the goodies. There's instructions in here, but... You're going to take these popsicle sticks, and then there are these little men in there, um, and you're going to take it, and you're going to build a manger or a, uh, a stable scene, right? So you can take that, and, and the one up there like, looks like really amazing, and there's some, some samples out there, but I tried this yesterday, and mine looks like this. Huh? It doesn't matter. Jesus can live in this stable just as well as that Hilton Hotel stable up there, right? I'll leave this here as, a, as an example if anybody wants to come and and, and do that, all right? Um, but in here, you'll also find, they're kind of heavy, but a bag of stones. And so what you'll do with these is you'll lay them out on wherever you put your manger scene, <coughs> excuse me, uh, and the number of days between now and Christmas. And then here's the best part, is in here, there are some, some cards. You can cut these apart if you want. And it's eight different I am statements about Jesus. I am the bread of life. I am the good shepherd. I am the light of the world. These different statements. And so eight days between now and Christmas, whichever eight days you want, you will read these as a family, whatever your family looks like, uh, and then write on the stone what it says around the stone, like the resurrection or whatever it is, uh, and then put that on this pathway. And so in here, there's much more specific directions if you haven't really followed what I've said. Um, but again, this is, there's one of these for everybody um, who is here this morning. So I encourage you to do that. Here's the second thing, is I challenge you to read the Christmas story for yourself. Read the Christmas story for yourself. The Christmas story is found in two of the four Gospels. It's in Matthew and in Luke. It's not found in Mark or John. So read either Matthew or Luke and read the Christmas story each week. Maybe read Matthew this week and then Luke next week, and you can read it all in one setting. You can read it, you know, over a couple of days. But I would challenge you to read the Christmas story each week. And as you do that, to look back at this, invite Jesus into my valleys, and invite Jesus to tear down my mountains of pride, invite Jesus to make straight paths in terms of rubbing off our rough edges. And that will give you some ideas about what that can look like in your life. So read the Christmas story each week between now and Christmas. And the last one, and everybody can do this, and everybody can do all of them, is we have a Christmas air freshener for you, right? And so it looks like this. You can see a picture behind me. Uh, but as you leave, we have one of these for every car. Uh, and one of the, if you have two cars, take two of them. Um, and basically what it is, it's just an air freshener. It's got a little River Ridge kind of logo on there. It smells really 
evergreeny, I guess it would be that word, uh, smells Christmassy. Uh, but hang this on your car, hang this on your mirror at home, on your refrigerator, in your smelly snock, snock drawer, your sock drawer, uh, but, but hang it somewhere where you will be reminded, just as Christmas is coming. Because what we want to do is we want over these next 20 days or so to be intentional about our journey with God. Be intentional about our journey with God in preparation for Christmas, but also something that we can do all year long in terms of focusing on the Savior. And so we've given you these tools to enable to do that, to equip you to do that over this next month. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you just for the laughter, for the opportunity to be together. And uh, God, I pray that as we prepare our hearts for Christmas, that you will teach us and show us that you, Lord, will meet us in the valleys, that you will knock down the mountains of pride that we have, and that you would smooth out our rough edges, that we might love people better and love you well. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.